think so. All right. Hello, everybody. My name's Tim Hildebrand. Welcome to the podcast Lunch Hour. I am the host of Flower City Reviews. You can find us on Instagram at, at Flower City Reviews. We're also live streaming this entire event tonight on YouTube Live. So feel free to check it out. We are going to be moderating the legacy uh, section of the, our talk today. So the first question I want to ask you guys, if I can, is uh, let's get a quick introduction. Let each one of you get a chance to kind of introduce yourself, what you do, and uh, what you're bringing to the table today. Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my name is Dignal Caminero. Um, grew up here in Rochester. Love Rochester, New York. Uh, we were able to start a processor branding company a couple of years ago, and we are excited to bring it here to New York and share our information with everyone because that's the only way we could grow as a community is to share what we know with you guys because not only is funding very important, is the knowledge and the information that we could share with the future brands that's gonna help Rochester you know, be successful in this industry. So very excited and thank you guys all for being here with us. Good morning, my name is Jeff Medford. I'm the uh, founder of the New York Green Coalition. Um, I am a activist as well as a cultivator. And I've been in Rochester for the last 20 years and I'm honored to be here. My name is Joshua Waterman. I'm one of the co-founders of the Legacy Growers Association. And first off, I want to thank Brandy for putting this together because this shit is amazing. But um, I've been growing and selling cannabis all over New York for about 15 years. Um, so you're welcome. For allegedly. For educational purposes. Exactly, exactly. Um, but so we're just the not-for-profit. We're just trying to keep uh, legacy and equity at the forefront of cannabis. So happy to be here. Hello, uh, my name is Shamar Beverly. I am the owner of Innovation, which is a clothing company that's been in business for almost 10 years. Um, as of recently, um, well, I have, alongside of operating that business, I've also been a legacy, um, I don't like legacy, I like gray market. Because <laughs> it's a very gray market. Um, a gray market cultivator, processor, and service, People, I would, such an odd term, but yes. Um, and I actually am full-time transitioning out of sneaker resale into cultivation, growing, and um, processing. How's it going? I'm Brandon Hester, founder of Black Fathers and Cannabis, a new startup focusing on um, allowing awareness to fathers who have been impacted by the the laws of cannabis and education and jobs and giving back to the community. Thank you. Sure, sure. I think that leaves me. I am Reggie Keith, uh, founder and CEO of Canna House. We are a cannabis-centric social club up in Buffalo, New York. Um, our focus is on adding uh, positive impact to the quality of life of consumers, right? Whether that be products, events, advocacy, um, content, um, that's what we're about, making sure that the consumer is thought about, because uh, a lot of times the regulations and 
uh, legislation stops at uh, once your purchase is made, then they're kind of like you on your own. So, you know what I mean? That's what we're about, talking about consumer rights. And I'm a serial lover of uh, African-American people. So cannabis is my vehicle. So thank you guys all for being here so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, so my next question for everyone is going to be, you know, this show is called, or this, this uh, event is called Cannabis. It's a flower that brings us together, right? What does that mean to each one of you? The one that's going down the line? Sure, why not? I mean, it literally brings us together, right? You spark a joint and people are coming out of the room and they're like, hey, wait a second, who sparked up? So, and now the session with two people turns out to like five to six people and it goes from there. But I mean, look at, look at us, right? It's exciting, exciting time for New York State, but it's actually kind of a frustrating time. Um, so the more events we're doing like this, I don't think with cannabis that I wouldn't be able to meet half of you people. And mm -hmm. half of everyone in this room is phenomenal. You guys have a vision, you have had a mission on what cannabis could do here in New York State. So the more activities and the more things we do together, share some ideas, I mean, that's the only way that we're gonna stick together and make a successful cannabis industry here in New York. So it's a, I mean, cannabis does miracles on the health side of things, social side of things, but we just gotta make sure that everything stays here in our communities. I've been impacted mostly from cannabis prohibition, so. Mm -hmm. Very beautiful. Uh, cannabis to me, uh, how it brings people together. I think first and foremost, it's a very, uh, it's a communal plant in a way, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's a part of our culture, at least within the African American culture. Um, it's something that we've done, uh, at least within my family, as a family. Um, and of course, anytime you are uh, you come on the block and you got something good to smoke. <laughs> it helps out a lot, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And it always brings people, people together. On another, uh, a whole nother level, uh, communal, when I say communal, um, in the conscious community, uh, most of us have used the plant uh, in a spiritual way, not just as a, a means to get high, but um, in a communal way and in a spiritual way. At least that's how the plant was introduced to me. So I, I have a totally different aspect of looking at the plant in a totally different way than most people. So, but that's my take on how it brings us together. Thank you. I would say for me personally, um, I'd say a good example of it was some of these pop-ups I've been to. And I remember seeing like a 80-year-old white lady smoking a blunt with like all these hood dudes, you know what I mean? <laughs> and like she was having a great time and I think like culturally bringing people together is is how it really goes. No. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, for me, I feel like the plant brings people together on a medical aspect. I personally um, have my own medical history, um, disparities and or um, other aspects of mental health that I realized when I was outside in the hood weren't being um, handled. A lot of us are self-medicating with alcohol, hard drugs, and other things. Um, so when initially when I was diagnosed with like depression um, and given, I believe, Xanax, my first Xanax prescription was very, very volatile. It made me very uncomfortable. So I actually ended up um, researching, looking up strains, actually looking at this as an aspect of, okay, 
sativas and indicas, uppers, downers. And if I'm depressed all the time and I'm smoking a heavy indica constantly, how can I get up and get out of bed? Um, so for me, it was more of a, a, a journey spiritually, mentally, and education-wise to provide queer, trans, non-binary folk, people of trans experience a little bit more relief um, than the general public and or medical uh, professionals were not giving. For me, I love seeing the negative stigmas of cannabis being broken down. I felt cannabis has always brought the community, the people together, but now I believe it could go from the streets to storefronts. It could bring the community together by jobs and educational opportunities that we've needed for years. Um, And yeah, I I echo all of these um, comments, but I I think I'd say it's a binder, right? Like, um, practically, I've probably smoked with all all races, right? Because of a joint, right? That's brought me together with so many different, you know, walks of life. Um, but, you know, even on a more, uh, kind of like on a deeper level, um, it allows us to have a, it's a vehicle, right? So, um, say we're all going somewhere, uh, trauma can jump in this car, sleep, you know, can jump in this car, depression can jump in this car, um, the need to eat more can jump in this car, and cannabis is all driving us to the same solution, right? So I think it connects us in that way as well. Um, because it's a universal binder for uh, so many issues. Yes, come on with this excellence of male power on this panel. I appreciate it. I was sitting there and something just, we recognize this event is to acknowledge the past, to recognize the future, but really by planning. So I do have a question that I think is pivotal. As we recognize, like you said, it's a lot going on and we need to have events like this because it's hard. It's uncomfortable and it's a long process. So recognizing the harm that has happened in Rochester, New York, because we'll see that mirror throughout. What do you feel needs to change? And what do you feel the future can look like? So I will have you guys share that out and then we're going to have questions from the audience and then we will pivot into our educational symposium. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I guess I'll can start. I wrap it the other way? Can we oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure, can thanks. I start with you and flip it this way? Sure, you mind just rephrasing the question for me to make sure I understand it right? So really what I want you to do is think about the impact that it has had on our community mm-hmm. and what needs to change about cannabis in our community and what do you see for the future when you think about cannabis in black and brown communities because I see wealth. So when I close my eyes, I see generations because I'm four generations into poverty because wealth is something that Rochester doesn't see. So when we know that, I see something different. So I want you guys to tell me what you think that looks like. Got you, got you. Okay, so um, first I'd say um, what we need in our community probably most is education, 
right? It's just a simple understanding of kind of going from street science to like real science. Um, I love to say I coined that, but shout out to Dashita Dawson, the wee head, <laughs> uh, who's like my big sister. Um, but she's dropped so many jewels, and that was one thing is like um, a big part of her skill set is going in any room and elevating the room's knowledge immediately about cannabis, right? Let's all get on the same page about what this is so that whether you are an investor, whether you're just a constituent, whether you are an operator, we all understand what's happening with the other person, right? And so I'm, I'm moving down the street from your aunt or your cousin. They have never heard of cannabis. They know this thing to be whatever has been deemed to be, right, in this negative light. And without having a proper conversation to educate them about what's about to happen, why traffic is about to be stocked up for the next couple months, why all of this construction is about to happen. Without that conversation, we leave a gap between us wanting to be successful in the industry and the community that's left behind as we're operating. So I think that's a huge, huge thing that needs to change. And then the future is, like Randy said, man, it is affluent. Yeah, it, is, it is a post- um, legalization era, right? The same way we've seen a life after alcohol was passed and, and regulated um, properly, there will be a life of cannabis. And I think what we're planning for now is our generation, but even more importantly is there's a 10 year old who's gonna consume in 11 years, right? And he's gonna have a totally different style of wanting to consume or, or be in the industry and his activity. And it's gonna be based on our education. So what we tell them is gonna be important on how they begin to, to operate and move around in the industry. So yeah, that, that's my short, long answer. <laughs> Definitely, I would like to mirror what he said. I think more education and grants in our communities would give people, fathers like me, black men, people of color, the opportunity to create generational wealth and equity. It starts with, with that, the ground floor. Um, so for me, it would be a layered conversation because first and foremost, um, generationally, I think this is where we will reclaim, quote unquote, some of our time back. Mm -hmm. um, we come from a long history of sharecroppers, people who built the country on farming. Mm -hmm. Um, and in all honesty, nine times out of 10, this would be our reclamation of our wealth. Um, we got a lot of aunties, a lot of grandmas that got houses full of plants <laughs> that are actually disabled at this point and probably making between $900 and $1,000 monthly, right? Right. And um, some of these things I know firsthand because when my mom was like 35 or 36, we ended up with her being fully disabled. Um, and unbeknownst to her until yesterday, it was not disclosed that I was a great marketer legacy. So I have taken care of my family all these years, unbeknownst to them, in great market. Um, so with that being said, cultivation of strains, um, education, financial literacy, business literacy, um, the understanding of what gentrification looks like, mm -hmm. pushing back when these actual uh, dispensaries come into town, um, and also holding them accountable and responsible in a way that if you're going to come into my neighborhood and build out a, 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 a dispensary that looks like an Apple store, did you hire the neighborhood block boy? Mm. Come on now. Talk about it. Come on now, Shamal. Um, have you guys actually come into the hood and actually done a little survey or canvas and asked who's selling the best bud and hired them? Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like on a state level, 
the wonderful man in the beginning, he said some wonderful things and throwing $3 million at an actual job fair with no real structure, mm -hmm. no infrastructure, no building into both seats for a skill set because I don't know if anybody's noticed, we built our economy on cars. This could be that new economy. Niagara Falls is desolate. We have towns that are factory towns that could turn into processing plants, mm -hmm. other things. Um, but corporate cannabis is cutting those costs because I went to Canada and I fought with them about that where they're saving millions of dollars producing distillate, which cuts 90 jobs. So overall, there's an equity thing in general that needs to be attacked. Yeah, corporate cannabis is great, right? But when corporate cannabis comes into town and Billy from St. John Fisher that lives in Massachusetts can go somewhere and pay $80 for an ounce or something else, right? What does that do to the rest of the population around you? How does that feed them in the food deserts that we have? So for me, it's like, yeah, we're talking about all these things, but what does that trickle down? What does that leverage look like? You're throwing $3 million in the street with no infrastructure for what? Mm -hmm. Who does it serve? Who does it benefit in the long run? And like at this point, as of yesterday, Roe v. Wade was turned over. Mm -hmm. So that changes the playing folk with people like myself as well. And that's another reason why I'm here. Queer, trans people, passability, is an issue in the real world, whereas I, right now, have four or five people that go to shows that I give them a livable wage of $35 an hour and they don't have to subject themselves to sexual violence. So, I think with that, there's a lot of conversations need to be had because I just had it with my guy right here. You want me to go legal and 70% of that income is taxed when I'm great market and, and I just can report whatever and take my chances. Facts. And I could go Big buy a house for facts. one of my family members or do something different. So it's just like, what leverage besides telling us to come here, put us in the open, risk our safety mm -hmm. and our ecosystems? Mm -hmm. what, are you, what are you offering these people that are actually the change, the, the, the people on the forefront that are most likely going to take the brunt? We're going to take the hit after this. Mm -hmm. What are you offering the rest of that trickle down to the rest of the community outside of saying, we'll do something, we'll write a policy? Like we all know activism happens in everybody's neighborhoods and houses, and then it trickles down later. Mm -hmm. So I'm just here to have the conversation, and when you guys go home, think about in your own communities how you can actively change the scale of what this looks like. And that may mean not going to the dispensary. That may mean finding Ray Ray on the block, and you may have to have a conversation with him and say, his weed sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, right. but those are the things that change things because we don't the police officers don't come to our communities We police our own so now you're also changing the dichotomy where you putting people in dispensaries that may actually heighten the gun violence in the communities because If you know anything about the legacy of gray market, there's a hundred dollar zip epidemic everywhere mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or trap houses selling ten dollar apes mm -hmm. And those, and those actual pieces are coming from LA. They're moldy, they're stepped on, mm -hmm. they're things that we're not ingesting, but my grandma who can only afford a $60 paycheck can go and get a $60 ounce, right? Mm -hmm. With her respiratory issues, and smoke that all month. But a year from now, whatever issues she have with her respiratory system, she has no idea that that came that way. Mm -hmm. So there's layers. There's layers, there's it, definitely layers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, come on, dropping knowledge.
So. I don't know what to say after that. Yeah. <laughs> you got a different, well, you what, got a different perspective. You a legacy, legacy with conviction. So. Hundred percent. But what I, what I will say is that like going on to the future after you ask the question of uh, what we would like to see it or how it's going to be, I'll say if it keeps on going the way it is, the future isn't looking good for anybody in here. You know what I mean? Great. Um, I just don't see don't see them stepping up to where, what they have to do right now. Okay. That's it. <laughs> uh, future, wow. Seems like I'm always a little bit ahead of stuff trying to stay in the future. But right. as I see it right now, I think uh, it definitely needs to be a lot more communication, a lot more talking, uh, a lot more sharing. Um, we just had a situation, and I'm not going to, again, speak anyone's names, but uh, I watched both Brandy, uh, yeah, I, I watched Brandy and uh, a couple of us sit down and try to have a conversation with the faith-based community, and that was, like, impossible. You know, they have got it in their minds that we are still criminals and that we are you know, just in a sphere that we shouldn't be. So if anything, what I see is that it's got to be a lot more discord, a lot more talking, a lot more uh, communicating with each other so that people can break that, that, uh, that barrier of looking at us like the bad guys, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, also, something that always comes to mind, you know, like uh, people, at least in the conscious community, they're looking for... Uh, they're looking for this thing called ascension. And in my mindset, I've always felt that uh, ascension comes with freeing that plant. And that's what I feel like. I mean, when we free this plant, we'll free ourselves, you know what I mean? And we can become better custodians to each other, uh, love each other, uh, uh, you know, look past the, the, uh, the barriers of race and creed and religion and all those different things. So I think the, the plant has got the potential to heal the entire world. And I, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not just saying that as a cliche. I really think that cannabis can really make a difference in the entire world. I think in order to be a president that you should smoke some cannabis. <laughs> I really do. I say that. You couldn't be in office if you ain't smoke no cannabis. Yeah. You know what I mean? You couldn't be a judge if you ain't smoke no cannabis. But that's me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you, everybody. <laughs> well, they say I have two minutes, so that's perfect. So, um, so no, I mean, the biggest thing to build generational wealth here in Rochester or just across New York State is, like we mentioned, is education, right? And not only educating our people is making sure that these people we educate stay in our communities mm -hmm. because big brother will step in and try to take our talents right we Ouch. have the best grower here i will literally take one of you guys over anyone that's going to come from out of state and try to do the biomass and all that bullshit. but um no literally <laughs> it's building our communities keeping our talents sharing those talents with the future because that's the only way that we could get the cannabis um, industry rolling here in new york so um, I, we have a bright future, but we have a lot of fighting to do, and I think all of us together uh, can make a big impact. And come on, we we were here first, you know. We been targeted for decades, and it's time for us to reap the benefits and actually help our families with the uh, mm -hmm. with everything that's going to happen with cannabis. So, I mean, I'm very excited, but I'm also very frustrated 
with the rollout that New York State is coming out with because mm -hmm. craft cannabis is the future here. And mm -hmm. if we don't know that, then mm -hmm. sorry, but that is the future. I mean, so. yeah. Yeah, that's honest. I mean, the craft cannabis, as far as the, the Flower City um, Cup, all of those, uh, all of those things. Uh, I myself being my, I, we won the 2022 cup, and then New York Nugs won the cup, and there are guys from Syracuse. These are people that we see every day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but in the communities that you do go to, where the farmers markets, they want local, yep. New York mm -hmm. grown. That is holding a higher ticket than anything being shipped in. 100%. And some of that standard was a push or change by myself and other people locally. Yeah. Um, if you go and you ask and you quote or you go find the price on Garbage Plate, it is selling like a regular exotic. And I feel like that's fair. Mm. Um, we also leveraged... Uh, we also leveraged social equity. Um, so vendors of Garbage Plate are queer, trans, black, non-binary, and that's my choice. Um, and that was the agreement that the cultivators and I and the team made to leverage social equity. Um, we also leveraged our grades, mm -hmm. meaning, uh, yes, we do have something for $50, but the C grade, the B grade, the D grade, those prices are there. So $20 to $50 equity. Mm -hmm. um, that also employs other farmers who don't have a skill set like you reached out that may not be as good as farmers. Mm -hmm. I still can, as a vendor, purchase these things from you and turn them over. Mm -hmm. So there's no waste, there's sustainability, those things go back in. So those kind of models are like what I'm excited to see and hope that continue to roll out. Thank you all so much for coming out and speaking with us today. I also want to thank Rock Normal and Brandy here for inviting me out today. Most of my listeners are older people who are stuck in the medical cannabis industry or stuck in those medical dispensaries who don't know there's another way. So thank you guys so much for helping me bridge this gap and help introduce them to this legacy market. Mm -hmm. thank, you. thank you. Entertaining and elevating with cannabis is uh, really working on reimagining the consumption. So thank you to our co-founder Precious as well as myself who put together this. We couldn't do this without our founder, I mean without our sponsors. So I want to just shout them out. This is the time we all been waiting for. Thank you for being amazing. But I wouldn't be here. I want to name this without the men that you see on this panel, when you talk about change, when you talk about answering the call, the people that you see today, throughout the day, they saw the work that we put in and they answered the call. So thank you for answering the call because we know that the work ahead of us is hard, mm -hmm. but we know that our children, that our community need this. So thank you deep down from my heart. I'm grateful for your voices. I look forward to what we about to do with mm -hmm. cannabis. So shout out. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you.